Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Hey, Katie. Hi, guys. Hi, we have Katie Monkhouse today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You are taking us live from your car-based studio parked in front of your studio. So, like, close enough to catch the Wi-Fi far enough away that prying ears and eyes leave you alone and stop (laughs) asking you for help and project updates and stuff like that. That's right. And I can see them through the window. You can just, like, make hand signals at them from out here. Like, keep working? Like, in language from the dugout? Like, yeah. Everyone looks like they're sitting too long. It's time to get moving. Yeah, just like firing off text messages from here. <laughs> so, Katie, I've been a huge fan and like quietly stalk everything you do on the internet. But <laughs> tell, <laughs> I'll start interacting more. I, I'm not the DM slider like Sean is. I'm, is really good I'm at I'm a it. DM voice oh, message. We're DM I will... besties. You got to get in there, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he, I know I will. <laughs> And well, I guess just like tell us, like give us the one minute snapshot of your entire life and career. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no and then problem. We'll, and then no we'll dig in more. Yeah. Then we'll do a full therapy yeah. session. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's always necessary. Um, Does it have to? We're so not timing am... you. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm from the East Coast. I moved out to the West Coast maybe twelve years ago, and my career was in fashion. I was a buyer in a retail manager and a merchandiser. I moved through every facet of that business um, for about 10 or 12 years. And then when I got more into merchandising, I started helping people with the layouts of their stores and, you know, kind of display and that sort of thing. And one of my clients asked me why I don't do people's houses. And that was like always a secret goal, but I didn't have any experience in that or schooling in that or anything so I was like well I can't because I don't I don't know how and she was like just do my kids rooms for me and she was awesome and she was like just do whatever you want and it was really fun and there was no process and it was like all over the place Um, and then it kind of made me think this is what I want to do and we had just bought our first house and so we were kind of playing with that a bit how long ago was that making it our own that was say when was my son born 2013 so like 2014 15 ish area so what's that? Seven, yeah. oof, seven years ago. Yeah. So then at his seven preschool, years, there was a mom. Yeah. <laughs> seven. <laughs> uh, yeah, the seven year, yeah, the seven year itch is coming up, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, there was a, a mom at his preschool who was an interior designer. I basically begged her to let me help her out so I could learn the ropes. And I did that for a little while and then started like focusing on building an Instagram and basically just figuring out how I could get people to hire me, um, even though I hadn't gone to school for design or didn't have any formal training in design. And somehow it worked. I don't know. People started hiring me. Yeah. And then I was kind of made it official, I think, five years ago and kind of registered a company and, you know, set up a business bank account, kind of stopped being a hobbyist. Yeah. And then I think two years after that, we just like jump shipped and moved to England for two years, which was 
a curveball. It was basically like when things started to like take off my business. So I was flying back and forth and doing oh my gosh, distance, which was wild. Um, and then we got ground grounded in the pandemic um, and ended up staying here. And then, as everybody knows, then the industry just kind of went a little bit bonkers for a couple of years, the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, and in that time, I've you know started. I was in my dining table, and then got a shared office, and then got a small office, and then moved to a big office. <laughs> And then decided to open a store and it was a whole, it's been a journey. That, it's like a whir- <laughs> like whirlwind. You, you haven't had a moment to sit and like tread water as your business from the moment okay. it started. Yeah, because yeah. like my daughter was born in 2014. So like that's all the like lens I can, I yeah. can understand that whole journey. And yeah, that's a lot. Like that's a career shift, a, a pandemic, raising children, a new house, like new country. All of- yeah, new country. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, like, Terrible let's add members. even more business and opportunity to what would probably have felt like kind of a slow and steady increase for, for so many normal businesses. But then design was just for like, so many normal no, people. everyone, zero to 60 right now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, our industry didn't get yeah. that slow on-ramp where we get better, faster, easier, more efficient. It was like, no, everybody, pedal to the metal, collect your paychecks now. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely the trajectory of that. It it felt like it came at a good time for where my business was, but it it just seemed, yeah, it was it was no joke. There was no breathing room. Yeah, and you look really good doing it. Like I just have to say, like you have like a really beautiful like business persona, and like the aesthetic is very dialed and consistent. So, like, I do see, I see you, and I see your merchandising <laughs> and um, background in retail. That totally makes sense. Because you... Thank you. Yeah, you started this retail arm, too, which is pretty, like, that's a lot. Like, yeah, I, like, I sell, like, two things, and it's, like, hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was kind of born out of an opportunity because we were moving our office. Basically, okay. a building came available down the street that I loved. And I was like, oh, well, if we want to move to that, we still have a year lease left on our other little shop. Like our in our office was in basically a retail space with like a storefront window okay. that we had shades on all the time. We kind of toyed with having some merchandise in there for a while. And I was like, let's just turn it into a shop for a year and see how it goes. You know, I was already kind of committed. I really wanted to get this other lease down the street because it was a standalone building. And I really wanted that. So uh, it was, I just kind of, I don't know, like came up with an idea. And then like 10 minutes later, we were signing a lease for a second building. You're doing <laughs> like, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and your office is still in the original one? Is that what you're saying? So now, or? now, yeah, I'm now we've converted. in. I just moved. Yeah. So we moved the office down the street, like two blocks away. Um, and then like, you might know that we've been, then consolidated all of it, which was a, which was a whole journey too. But there was an opportunity. And I wanted to test it out. I had really always thought that we'd have a shop because that was my background. Um, I just think I underestimated the amount of work and commitment level it was going to require. Can you (laughs) say more about what some of those are? Like, what are the... Yeah. And you don't got to get nitty gritty if you don't want to. But if if you could give us like the... What are the warning categories you would tell other designers? Right. Well, first of all, there's a there's a huge upfront investment, right? So you're like we had uh-huh. 
we didn't do a build out so much as we just, you know, like our cabinet maker helped us with a cash wrap and we had freestanding shelves and stuff. But like you had to buy all this merchandise. So you have to be in a financial position that you can purchase all this merchandise. And then you have to have uh-huh. the like bandwidth commitment to be able to market it all and try to get people in the door and try to figure out how to sell it. I didn't want to do online to begin with because uh-huh. uh, I was like, oh, my God, shipping all of like breakages and how we deal with that. And that's like a whole thing that I just like wasn't ready for. So we kind of tried to keep it just walk in local and it's a big commitment and then you have to stop it. Then you're adding more people to your payroll and then you're like, oh God, someone only only bought a candle today. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, So it becomes becomes stressful, you know, like the, the, our design is our bread and butter and that's kind of what keeps the lights on. And then the shop was, it was eating into design profits because it it's this thing that we want to happen and we want to keep going, but it's not going to happen overnight. And then, you know, you have to spend time and money to get it right into, you know, uh-huh. all these things like, you know, the branding for it, trying to get bags made and tags and make things look consistent and pretty, which I don't think we really did a great job of to begin with. I look at other people's shops. I have that whole thing where I'm constantly looking at what other people are doing. I don't know how to turn that off in my brain. And I'm like, we are not not crushing this. Like we are not, you know, it's not to the standard that I want, but I don't have the bandwidth or just like an endless supply of funds to make it everything that I dream it to be. And just the instinct, like just wanting it to be done, like just want to open the doors and like people walk in. And you're like, oh, no, we have to build this. Like, it's going to take time. time yeah. We and everything to... has a uh, down the road consequence. Or if you yeah. don't do it right one time, you do it again. How many more times with more m- yeah. time and money? Like, Yeah. And um, it's just it was a big commitment. So we had like a shop manager and then we had two. At first, it was just Mag. And she was awesome. And she was kind of like a right hand that could pick up a lot of stuff because she was like competent and had worked in other places. And. And then we, and then she needed less time on the floor. So we got some part-time people and then the commitment level, you start to realize like, you know, we're Mm -hmm. selling, you know, a $5,500 custom console table. Like you kind of have to have either a love of or or an understanding of design to be able to effectively sell that to someone. Yes. Um, So then there was that realization that, you know, relying on people to convey that message and to have the kind of passion you have for it is really difficult and then you realize like your name is on it so like you want it to all be right you want people to have this amazing customer experience you want everything to be beautiful all the time and you just do not have the resources and not just financially like how much time do you have i've got presentations i've got clients we have a design team so yeah you also have a family Oh, I have two small children. I have a husband <laughs> who also works for himself. So like we, you know, we don't have nine to fives. We have 24 seven. So we are just, you know, oh, and I'm renovating a house for myself on top of all of that. So it was just. And that yeah. eats up time and money too. So like that makes it hard when you're yeah. like, wait, I want to do these pro- this project for me personally. That is a big deal. But also like. Yeah, where do I stop the funding to these business projects <laughs> in order to make sure like my life is also fulfilled and yeah. taken care of? And you need both. Like you need all or I yeah. should say you need all of it in just varying degrees, right? Yeah. So I think I am not a planner at all. I'm kind of a just a doer. 
which Kim, there's some great advantages there because you don't talk yourself out of things, but you also like maybe don't allow yourself to realize the full extent of the commitment you're about to make because then you would never do it. Yeah. So I'm kind of just like jump first, build the parachute on the way down, assume that everything will be fine. That sounds more which like Which will Rebecca. never change. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. relatable. That's a relatable mindset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, I, but I get like, if you use a parachute analogy, I get like that rush of adrenaline from it. So it helps yeah. me build it faster. And you don't have a choice yeah. because a right. lot of this is like, well, there is no landing if I don't make it yeah. a landing. Yeah. So so we have to come up with come up with yeah. that new form, come up with that new communication, come up with the new shop procedure, like just get something done. We'll make it better later, but we have something and it's better than zero at all. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah. And I think had I, you know, put the brakes on to figure it out and I think I would have probably at least planned certain things. Like I'm not good at, you know, some people are so good at like doing a launch of something. There's like this build up and it's beautiful and there's yes. imagery yeah. and there's video and like, and it comes out and there's all, I'm and just you already like, feel like you're missing out. out before just it happens. Check it out. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't do that because <laughs> I'm the person that like, I buy you a Christmas present and I want to call you and tell you immediately what that Christmas present is. Like I can't, yes. the waiting, the anticipation, I don't, I'm just like, no, just do it. Just like throw it out there and just do it. So, um, yeah. Also relatable. That, like, like, I don't want surprises. <laughs> I want, just give it to me now. Give me the thing now. Yeah. I'll be just, well, I'll be so just excited. as excited. Like You're so excited yeah. to share it. Yeah. So, how are you feeling now? Like, what's so, where's the shop at now? Where's how's that so sitting? Have, it's it's sitting a lot prettier than it was before, it, physically and mentally. So, I had like a big kind of come to Jesus in in August. We had like a so I was on the I go to the East Coast for a lot of the summer. That's where I'm from, and so while I was there. My junior designer, who's like one of my favorite people on the planet, who will hopefully listen to this and she knows how much I love her, um, so gave me her notice. Oh. And um, that was my first hire. We had been together for two years. Like she had had a baby. Like we just, well, I just adore her on every level. Um, and so that was really hard. And then four hours later, like our huge fall project canceled. So this was like oh. all in one day. Wow. And I hadn't booked any other projects because this was like a really large project and we were so stoked about it. And I was like, this is like our big thing starting in September. So it was like, okay, well now I have no wow. junior designer and no new project. And so I extended my vacation for a week because I was avoiding reality. Um, yeah. <laughs> as one like, does. Oh my God, this um, is a perfect time to reset and, you yeah. know, do focus on me for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, and then came home and then I really spent some time with it and I was like, it's already feels quieter, which I know that we talked about before the episode that like the inquiries are slower than they were eight months ago, nine months ago. You know, the shop yeah. was taking up a lot of bandwidth and feeling difficult. I think like the next day, one of my shop girls also gave me her notice. So I was like, what else you got? Just throw it all at me. We're going to deal with this. Oh, and then God. I had Come this on, moment universe, of like, like- <laughs> Yes, it was like a whole thing. And I kind of was like, well, if we were to burn everything down and start over, what would I want this to look like? And that is kind of the moment that I had because I was like, something's not right. It doesn't like I love the idea of West Park, but it doesn't 
feel like what I want it to feel like. I love our design wow. studio, but like I, you know, we had lost our other junior designer the year before and I kind of decided consciously not to rehire a second junior designer because I wanted to take it. I just wanted to have like a slower year. It was just like 2020 was wild. 2021 was wild. And I was like, 2022, we're just, we're going to take on a little bit less projects. We're going to diversify into retail. We're going to, I just don't, you know, I don't need this massive design team. So, and then I realized like, well, now okay. I put my eggs all in that basket. That basket is gone. So I had no junior designer. No. And it was like, well, what do we want this to look like? Like, what do I want my business to look like? Um, you know, having everything riding on like one big project and having everything riding on having this one like right hand person who was everything just felt well, wrong. So okay, we kind of looked at it and like decided, really like precarious. Yeah. Yeah, precarious, exactly. And also, like, nothing really felt connected. I felt like, you know, our design team never had anything to do with West Park, which seems silly to me because, like, uh-huh. a lot of our custom furniture comes from our designs, and it just felt really disjointed. Like, I had these two businesses that didn't talk to each other, and so I just had this moment, and I was like, oh, we have to close West Park and move it into our large office space as a showroom because I need to be closer to it, um, and I want... So I, I was sharing my office space with a with my design wife, my work wife, um, who has so another a- design studio called Mill Road Studio, and she's amazing. And when I got this larger office, I was like, why don't you set up in here too? Because it's huge and I don't need all this space. And it was great. And then I had to go to her and tell her, I've had this realization and I need the whole space because I need to close the other space. I can't have two spaces. I can't have this much overhead. I can't feel this disconnected from one part of my business. I just needed to simplify uh-huh. in a big way. And just like, it was really just like, how do we just start over? It was like a big reset yeah. and figuring out like, Wait, and that was you just know, this then summer. it was like, how to August. Yeah. Like quarter. <laughs> yeah. It was like, like, this quarter. like 10 minutes ago. Uh, summer 2022. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Wait, it was so a big, oh, was, where's your, how many people are on your team right now? <laughs> So then, so then it was like looking at it. So the other part of burning everything down was like the team doesn't work in the structure. How can we fix? So I've had a studio manager for a couple okay. of years, Jordan, who just like keeps things running, like all of the scheduling and figuring out like just because I will triple schedule myself every day if I don't. Like she makes sure that everyone schedules, makes songs. And, like, <laughs> so like you guys are kindred. Win. Why are you not in your DMs with each other more? I know. Oh, we're gonna I be. Know. We're gonna be. I'm saying. But, so she is like, she's a gift. She was like executive <laughs> assistant. So she was also my assistant buyer back in the day when I worked in fashion. Okay. So like she reappeared in my life after being like executive assistant in like big tech companies and needed a break and wanted something that was like a little bit more oh, nice. like, warm and fuzzy. So she's been incredible. So it was just uh-huh. me, her, and, Re- and my uh, my design assistant was Rebecca as well and Becca. And so I was like, we need to like break things out. So I decided, what do I need? I need to make West Park work. So I can't do that on my sit on my own. I need to. Do you see my seats moving right now? I'm in my car. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> it just like moved me closer to you. So I was like, what are the positions? I need I need someone to help with marketing because somebody needs to be shouting uh, West Park from the rooftops all the time, and I don't have that be right now. Yeah. So we got a um, uh, we got a marketing manager, and then. Becca's my junior designer was like kind of half junior designer, half project manager. She literally did everything. And I was like, no more of that. We need a project manager and a junior designer. We need to separate those roles because I can't have all those eggs in one basket. So 
I hired Cami, who is our project manager, who does no design. She is mm. so, she's operational. She's so buttoned up. She just, she's incredible. She like fit right in really easily. And then I have a design assistant right now. I don't have a junior designer. That's the next hire. But like I said, we need to see an uptick in projects before we're going to start adding some more people to the payroll. So that's what our team looks like now after like reassessing everything. We ended up with more people, but, in, or actually, because we had we, like, like shop people before. But like really organized yes. roles and responsibilities instead of jack yes. of all trades type of roles. It's, yes. it's a, it sounds like it's really intentionally, this is what you do. Do not get distracted by design. Like don't. Yeah. Don't get let your priorities get dictated by a design project if you're the project manager. And right. if you're in marketing, it's great. You need to know what we're doing, but you also don't need to ask about like procurement and order management. Yep. Yep. And she, you know, she'll come in one day a week. We go through product and, you know, she we do the calendar of what's going to happen, promotion, newsletter. She came up with a newsletter for us. I've never been a bloggy person, but I was like, I'm okay with a newsletter where she highlights our artists and our vendors. So it just feels like that is like tick off the list because that was me trying to do all that before, which like I was failing miserably at it. And then like Cammie being project manager and not having to split her time between design and procurement and like keeping things running is great. And then at some point I will get a junior designer that is just design. Like I need someone with strong drafting skills and who, you know, kind of gets you setting up and help sourcing. And then Kama, our design assistant, who's in dis- design school now, will be hopefully, you know, cultivated through this. And then maybe when she is done with design school, will st- stay on with us. So it just feels like everything makes more sense. So now West Park is the front quarter of our office or front third. And we kind of created this division and we built it out. So it feels more permanent before it was kind of like, the shop front and we had you know bookshelves and stuff with things on it but we did a real build out and it's beautiful i think it feels so much more like my style and now it faces the street mm-hmm. and the window is beautiful and we redid the plantings and we have signs up and it's like oh this is yeah. this is it this is the business this we're looking legit. for yeah and is the shop always open or is it no so now we're by appointment um on fridays okay. we have someone here with the doors open through december and we'll see how that goes in january so it's not a huge walk-in business but you can book an appointment on our website and then the good thing about that is one like we're usually here because our design office mm-hmm. is here so now like on the days where people are here we just leave the door open people can wander in but it's also mm-hmm. like i'm here i was never at the store so like if somebody wants to look at our locally made custom willow coffee table and i want to talk what the different dimensions we can make it in and hear all the different samples and yeah i can sketch things for them it just feels it just makes more sense like it should be me like i designed it and i feel really passionate about it yeah. so being able to talk to people i think resonates more and i think we've you know we've been just as successful if not more having it as more of like a closed showroom than just like a random store you can walk into yeah, and then you don't have to have just somebody sitting there hoping to get yeah. more than one sale a day. Or twiddling yeah. their thumbs. Come buy a candle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, so that was the other thing. Like, I felt like the sales, the walk-in sales at the store were always really low price point items. So then I'm finding myself, like, trying to find these little filler pieces where what we wanted to focus on was local art, our redone vintage pieces, and our custom furniture. 
And like, that's not a walk in off the street and buy a $6,800 pair of vintage chairs. Like that's going to take a little Uh bit of maneuvering and, you know, we want to talk about the provenance of the chairs and where they came from and the artisans that like helped us refinish them. And, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. that was always the focus. I didn't want like a store of tchotchkes. I wanted something that felt more personal and more like aligned with what we do. And supports your design business. Like totally. I'm assuming does a design business like purchase items out of there as well if they fit the client. Yeah. Project? So yeah, that was another <laughs> that's obviously like the other good thing about having a brick and mortar is all of a sudden you're a stocking dealer and you're no longer in at designer pricing. So right. even though like the only vendor that we carry that's like a wholesale vendor is we carry Aftercraft because I just love their stuff. But, uh-huh. you know, all the other vendors that we use regularly, Forehands Noir, all of them, like we can get them at Stocking Dealer because yeah, we have a brick and mortar space. So that helps the margins, which helps bottom line. And that's, you know, that's also a big benefit of having it. But I realized that's kind of, I sold myself that a little bit when we first decided to have a store. I'm like, oh, this will be great because we can make so much more money. But <laughs> I think like the cost of it having this store. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't think I was like as honest with myself about like what having a store cost. And you're doing online sales now, correct? Yeah. So we, um, we added e-commerce as kind of, I mean, that's another thing that I look at other people, like we need to someday. Someday we will have someone build that out the right way. But for now, it, it's a it's a cute little website, and it it does you know people buy things on there, which always surprises me. You know that you see those memes like, oh, a small business owner like does a happy dance when you bet like that's literally me. Like someone oh, buys something, yeah. and I yes. I'm on Slack like the whole team, and I'm like, oh my god, someone bought something <laughs> on the website. Totally. We sold it's a like, table, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like every time it amazes me. Yeah, turn notifications on. Yeah. I know. It literally pings me on my Apple Watch, like when someone makes a purchase. (laughs) It adds to the motivation factor to have all of that coming in and to be like, oh, it's working. It's working. Even if we're still thinking we want more, obviously, or we can handle more. It definitely is showing you like people are people are watching. People are clicking. People are looking at what we're doing. Our, I mean, Rebecca and I have talked about this because we were hoping for more consumer-based activity versus client-based. Like, yeah. And part of it is just the waffling, the back and forth, the hemming and the hawing. And I feel like that's just a lot of consumer behavior. And I'm worn, I'm worn down from it because I think we've already been through the him and ha as designers. We've narrowed sources, narrowed quality, narrowed yeah. everything. But a lot of consumers are still just lost in a sea of stuff and so they're they're looking for someone to help them get there yeah you have a showroom at your office too sean right yeah so rebecca rebecca and i both have some showroom capability with and and because of my stocking dealer with my line i'm also able to sell to designers oh right um, yeah yeah for like for like norwalk furniture and rebecca's is too and then we also have consumer capabilities that we would love to see increase when client projects are slow it would be great to have that other revenue stream filling in the gaps for us yeah i think that that was also like a motivation is just diversifying revenue like not having to rely on client work all the time because that's exhausting (laughs) yeah because it seems like yeah the sort of maybe lie i told myself is 
oh, we can just I can just sell one sofa to somebody and make a great margin on it and that'll be easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're not selling one sofa to one person. You're selling the idea of thinking about buying a sofa to a thousand yeah. people before you sell the one. So yeah. it's it's a whole I challenge. think that we've all had that experience, the three of us here. It's the whole like build it and they will come like offer it and they'll buy it is not oh. a reality. It's a lot harder than that. <laughs> nope. Or the tell them about it once and then you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't have yeah, to keep explaining to people day. the quality of this object <laughs> that I'm selling because once they heard me tell them once, they will always remember and know about it no. and yeah. come to me when they want it. Like that's not true. Um, yeah. And then it's like a constant want... drumbeat. Yeah. And then like what, you know, oh, but what rug should I get with it? And it's not necessarily like where they want to show you the swatches of the other stuff. And then next thing you know, I'm like, wait, am I designing? Am I designing your room? Like for the cost of the margin yeah. on that one yeah, piece. You are. Now you're the yeah, now you're <laughs> the the free West Elm designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like really separating yourself from that is is difficult because I get sucked into it pretty easily. Which is why we have design because sessions. Because well, we like design. design. Yeah. We wanna do yeah. it. We do design. And you're just <laughs> like, well, it'll only take a second. And then suddenly that second is multiplied by a whole room of objects and things and stuff. Yeah, and that it's they everywhere. may not buy. Like you don't have an agreement that they're going to even buy it. Totally. So right. yeah, so you created a new service to kind of help yeah. with that, like fit yeah. those clients. And I thought that that kind of bridges the two things. Um, so also like design sessions was an idea because of the slowdown um, that we have been I feeling want. on our end. You know, we do still get a good amount of increase, but qualified increase is like a totally different story. So um, uh-huh. increase that are projects that are what we would normally take on. So we wanted a way of capturing that interested party, but maybe not in a way that, you know, we're taking on the one bathroom or the two bathrooms. And the next thing you know, it's like, you know, we all know that those small projects are just as difficult as like a whole uh-huh. home project. and. We just wanted a way of being able to have that experience to kind of, it kind of like democratizes design. You can come in. We have this massive materials library. We go through your design with you. We're not traveling to you. We are doing this for an hour. And then we send you like a wrap up of everything. And then it's like, we wish you well. And then it's on you to execute (laughs) it or not. Okay. We wish you well. How is the, how conceptually does the we wish you, I, I hear that we wish you well yep. works. Have you had any feedback on that so far or like beta testing where you're like, oop, we're going to have to make some adjustments? Like, how's that going? So we have done three of these so far. We launched it, I think, at the end of October and we just did um, one today. Um, and the one today is the first one that we were like, oh, I don't know if she like left. I don't think she was going to leave with what she wanted because I think she wanted us to design the entire thing, like sit there and physically make every decision and draw uh-huh. everything where like all of our materials are very much like this is a consultation this is like idea building uh-huh. just giving you resources and then it's on you to tie it together with a bow and execute but the other yeah. ones have been fine i mean one ran really over but she's already like i'm booking another one in january and we kind of put a cap on it like you can book three per project because i don't want it to cannibalize full service design uh-huh. but this but that client is great because she has a big renovation she wants to do in the summer that she wants our help with. But they've moved into the house and she's like, I don't know what she had, like where to put the furniture and what colors to be. Like what, 
like things I should buy that would then make sense with this renovation that we want you to help with in the summer. So that's an interesting take on it where she's like, it's like the pre-design. And like, maybe she never hires us. Who knows? You know, I mean, she's, I don't think she's like telling me the story, but yeah, but she was kind of like, we wanted to hire you for a while. We finally have this house. We want to do like the kitchens and bathrooms and that kind of stuff as a big renovation. But we want to make sure the stuff that we're doing right now isn't going to have to be redone. So we like the idea of you weighing in on it as far as like she wants to reupholster a couch and like fix up the fireplace a little bit. And these kind of things that we just gave ideas on that she in her mind thinks that will then still work with whatever we do down the line. And if she's lucky, it all will. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and at least, you know, you'll like it. Like you're not fighting (laughs) some terrible choice. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, there's been people that come in and they're like, oh, we like the idea of this. A lot of our stuff in our shop is customizable. And they're like, well, would this work with this? And I'm like, well, fuck a design session. We can like hash it all out and and then sell you the product, hopefully. And, you know, the idea is that it then there's an avenue for people who want to ask all those questions and want to get in the nitty gritty about if that sofa is going to work with everything. So we have a place to turn instead of like constantly giving free advice. Because the margin on that sofa is not enough. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a similar service with my showroom business and it's awesome. Like, I really believe in having a lot of, not a lot, but different tiers for different people just because I kind of know a lot of people and I feel like I don't always want to say no to everybody. But yeah. there's a, I mean, I got, I do need to feed my family. So. <laughs> And not detract from the clients that are paying me. Um, So that's awesome. So you're still kind of getting the feel for that. And yeah, are you the type of person that iterates, like, like tries it out for a while and then makes adjustments or we'll make the adjustments. We're talking today about some of the onboarding for that. And if we can be more specific, because like the last, you know, the Saturday one, she came in with like seven different spaces that she wanted to do. Um, or five or whatever it was. But it was like, yeah, we can probably tackle like one or two. (laughs) One hour. Like, dude, ma'am, please do not get crazy. Like, (laughs) how long? We we spend hundreds of hours on client projects. How could we possibly do your whole house in in an afternoon? Like, no way. Right. Yeah. And I think partially it was like to get the big picture of everything. But I just don't want people to leave disappointed. That's like the biggest thing. Like, I want them to feel like there's value there. And that they walked away with a lot of great answers, but like also to understand that like this is not, this is not a design your house in an hour situation. Definitely wouldn't be. Um, I mean, they would definitely leave disappointed if they thought yeah. that could happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you make it look so easy. They think a lot of people want to <laughs> believe. Like it does look so easy. Yeah. It must be so natural. And there, it's yeah. like. But the decision matrix we go through in our minds of the perfect tile, shape, size, color, pattern, texture. Like right. And how all that those unicorns that we totally. hunt for in our heads don't don't come as quickly as it might look on the internet. Yeah. Or like the initial ideation of it could be quick. But then like the reality of how does this transition and then how does that play back to what's happening over here? And there's so much more information that needs to go into it to uh-huh. make it like a fully realized design. Um, but I love the idea of giving people a foundation and then letting them kind of run with that. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, another little thing because our full service design, we have pretty high minimums on it. So, you know, it's lately a lot of the projects just 
coming in. They're just not going to, you're not going to get there. And whether or not we adjust that minimum going into next year, we'll see. If you're going to be adjusting the minimum or if you're thinking that because calls have been slower and people are kind of maybe leveling out as we head into the end of 2022, do you feel like that's driving that in your mind? Is it like an emotional kind of decision? Yeah. Or Well, yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying desperately to like not just, you know, give in to this idea that it's just going to get slow next year because all the talk of the economy and like we're in the Bay Area and so much of our clients are tech money uh-huh. clients and tech is getting laid off left and right. So trying to not contract too much around it and go like we have to shrink to fit whatever is going to, you know, show up next. But at the same time, be realistic. Right. Like, you know, that's not a hobby. Like I support my family along with my husband, you know, I mean, this uh-huh. isn't like a it's not just like a, a fun little gig that I like to do on the side. No, it's not a, and it's not a charity. Like, you, yeah, it needs to make money. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we have a team and we have a space and there's overhead these days. And so, I, you know, if we have to take slightly smaller projects for a little while, it won't it won't kill me, but it might it might almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well but you'll be still going. I mean, I think like yeah. having to make even more drastic decisions would hurt more. Yeah. What? So what does your ideal project look like? Like the like you don't have to get into financials, but like the yeah. scope of work, what what they're. Yeah. I mean, I'll get into whatever you want to get into. But ideally, we like to do a whole home project. I think we've been uh-huh. doing a lot more of those lately. And at the very minimum there is a large chunk of construction and then a lot of furnishings. Usually mm-hmm. our whole home construction projects also have like a majority of their furniture as well. And like, that's really, that's really lighting my fire these days. So it's yeah. sad to think of going backwards yeah. from that. And even some that are like, oh, we'll think about the furniture once we get through the construction phase. Most of them by the like halfway through, are like just do the furniture too. Cause like, we're not going to put our old crap back do you in require here. Any, do you require any furniture furnishings? We don't if it was like a large renovation project. So our so usually our minimum is fifty thousand dollars in design fees for a project. And so okay. we okay. Sean, we have the same is billing model that I've done this for a while where we're flat fees for design and then we're hourly through project management. Mm-hmm. So we scope out the project and then we dictate the the fees for that. And then uh once the design is signed off on, we move into project management and we will bill hourly for that. So we just want to make sure that the scope of work is going to hit those minimums. And we've just found that like anything less than that, it's it's just the same amount of work. We have a team and yeah, you're going to do just as it. Yeah, you're going to do all up. that, have all the overhead, but not the, the financial gain won't be with it. And certainly right. if someone wanted to pay, if someone wanted to pay your design fee minimum, but do a smaller project. OK, but <laughs> not, that's not going to happen. I want to I want to live in that reality. Yeah, for sure. But, you yeah. know, we've changed that over the years. It was 25000 for a while. And then the projects were getting bigger and bigger. And we just thought we're not going to go backwards. But, you know, we'll we'll see what the next year will take. But I think we don't really have a minimum scope as long as your scope is going to add up to these minimum fees. But, yeah, that kind of takes we don't we don't like punch list projects where it's like, OK, we're going to redo the kitchen. But then we want like, you know, just new faucets in this bathroom and just you know, uh-huh. a sofa for the living room, but we want to keep everything else. Like, ideally, it's at least a whole space. If it's not a whole, yeah. you know, like every space that we're touching, we're doing the whole thing. 
Yeah, create, yeah, creatively, it's not as fulfilling. You're like, oh, well, we're not doing the hallway, but you want me to add a light there for your lighting order. That's different than yeah. like me only piecemealing together this minimum purchasing number right. through a shopping list throughout your house. Yeah. I'm like, what about a door <laughs> hardware? Does that count? Yeah. And you're like, no, yeah. please. No, no, like, no. Yeah, this don't isn't, make me, um, don't make me do this. Like, we can't um, just choose. Yeah, pick, pick and choose. But we haven't we haven't had an issue with it up until, you know, recently where the project degrees just seem a bit smaller. But it's been mostly like we're doing a big renovation and we need someone to help with it. And then like the minimum's not an issue. And then they end up adding furniture or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it's all coming right back. It's, I think, a, it's you know, a constant experiment. Yeah. It's just, you know, there was a little bit of a, a fear around the economy and then the holidays kicked in and then, you know, Q1 is usually busy. Yeah, I just had a meeting with my um, financial advisor and he said, I mean, we're going to hit a recession, but like it's nothing like 2008. Like, yeah, it's not even close. So I don't know. I mean, hopefully people just not don't freak out. Stay like they just decide they're going to stay put, renovate yeah. what they have. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, too. It's like with interest rates going up, you might not be as likely to go buy a new house, but you might want to rip yours apart and make it better. So I feel like there is... Yeah, at least significant portions. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that could be where that ends up landing. But, you know, I think the idea of hopefully having like this retail component in the design sessions means that we can still keep our larger full-service projects. We just need less of them so that it won't... We're not like all of a sudden just taking... Anything that ends in the inbox. <laughs> yeah, one powder bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the pillows for the, mean, for the lounge. Yeah, that's been the, the like part where I'm like, you know, I will, I think I pick up on that is what Rebecca and I have talked about before, which is this idea of if something did happen as designers, we're going to make it, we're going to pull out whatever hoops we got to, we, we're going to jump through it. To keep our businesses afloat, to keep right. our teams afloat, to keep our lives afloat. Right. It's not as ideal because we know that there's stress, anxiety, pressure, like all of that comes with it, which at some point you start saying, but is that worth it? Or would I rather yeah. like, at some point, like for me, I hate saying it this way, but it is the do I keep my if it push came to shove, do I keep my sanity or my design assistant? Right. Like, and it's, I'm gonna, like, at some point, some designers will have to decide, like, do I keep my yeah. sanity or do I start taking on one or two room projects again? Yeah. And you, you know what? Like, it's not a forever decision if you have to do it. It's just, yeah. it'd be great if we don't hit that point. And so I want to believe in the abundance of the universe that yeah. it's out there. That's, they're that's waiting for us. The they're going to call us. Open to receive. Like, they're going to call. <laughs> Give me all the we will. And totally. And, when we're freaking out, like we do, we are lucky that we are in positions to have, we have so many tools to do. Yeah. We could just take on pillow projects if you had to. Like, right. Not totally. Like, yeah. that's the next step. But not that anyone here is doing there's that. There's a lot of steps. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of steps <laughs> to be taken and different things to try. And they're pro- most likely going to be temporary. But yeah, but, but I do think know, it's smart we know for how everyone to, to kind of be looking at that right now and thinking about you know, what that might look like next year from just like a planning perspective, not like a freak out, but just, you know, if it does get quiet. Have your backup plans written down. Yeah. Like, yeah. What would you try next? Yeah. Break glass in in case of emergency. What are you going to do? Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I I get there, but 
I don't. I believe it. I, I believe we're not headed that way. I want to. I yeah. like. I don't see that possibility. And then every time I think it does get slow, like for me, it has been calls were slow through like October, November. And then I had three all at once in December that were like pretty qualified. And then it's the then it's the same people who are kind of like, well, yes, but like also I think we got crazy thinking we were going to give you our attention and like really make this commitment pre-year end. And so I'm like that. Hey, like that's cool, too, because I'm about to be off for the holidays, too. I'm happy to talk to you in the new year. But at least now I have this like. Pipeline. At least we've had discussions and yeah. I went on a few consults and there's some movement happening. And if it takes them until after they file their taxes, fine. If it takes right. them through February, fine. Like, well, like at least it's out there. So now I have yeah. the optimism heading into the end of the year that it's like, yeah. no, even if they're an anomaly, there's someone else. Someone's going yeah. to pick up the phone. Yeah. Guys, we're going to be all right. I hope so. We are. <laughs> to, but but like we said in the beginning of this, before we were recording, like, it's good to talk about it. I feel like every time I see my designer friends, I'm like, what's up? Are we quiet or are you guys good or what's going on? Because I mean, like yeah, you said, every, everyone like, looks busy I... on Instagram. <laughs> I know, like, it's me, isn't it? Nobody wants to hire me. I'm terrible. <laughs> but I have noticed, like, people aren't busy like they were last year and yeah. the year before. So, which... Honestly, though, feels really good. Like I know we were just saying that too. <laughs> feel, it's felt really nice to just like take a minute and yeah, not feel like I'm rushing around all the time. I know someone said to me, "Are you quiet, or is this just like back to normal how it was like yeah. pretty two years ago?" And you're like, it's a bit of both, but like, yeah, yeah, you just we're so used to like. I mean, I think in the peak we were getting like ten emails a week of people that were like, "We're ready to rip our house apart." I'm like, yeah, okay, guys. And they're like, we want it tomorrow. And you're like, oh, you're yeah. so cute. Like, I know. No, like, we're we can't even. Like 10 years. We can't even chat with you yet. Can't even um, talk to you. There's not like, even a contractor who will answer my emails. Like, yeah. I mean, even my and, contractors, though, a couple of my contractors have been like, what do you, what projects do you have coming up? You need us? And I'm yeah. like, whoa. Finally, yeah. finally, the tables have turned a little bit. I know. I'm like, can you guys lower your prices now? Because <laughs> like, it's kind Ser- of crazy. Seriously, like, I, I don't know about you. I'm just throwing this out. I had one that was $1,200 a linear foot for custom cabinetry. Oh, I've had 1800 And that's just in the linear foot is just bottoms or uppers. So it's really 3600 if you have base and you, uppers. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, I don't feel yeah. right about this. Yeah. So I we, don't. Yeah. We were getting bids um, last summer for, or this past summer for projects that like I was. And so my dad is a carpenter on the East Coast. He does all kinds of work. Um, so I grew up with that. So I feel like I grew up in job sites. But he, like, he will renovate bathrooms or put an addition on someone's house. He's like a one-man band. He can do the whole thing. But, like, it was it was like an ongoing joke. I call him and I'd be like, Dad, listen to this one. <laughs> I'm like, a kitchen and three bathrooms, <laughs> oh. new floors, two built-ins, 1.2 million. And he's like, what is going on out there? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. It's like the yeah, gold that she's getting out here. He got the wrong retirement plan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, right. He's like, he, they could just buy a house for, for that. I'm like, well, you can't hear. I but, um, well, but you can't. But it is. <laughs> but it was, it's wild. And like when you, it's hard when you've done all that design work and your clients see that. And then they're like, cool. So should we just cut half of the project out or it's brutal? 
It's yeah, you're gutted at the end of something like that because you yeah. all the work is there, the dream is there, the fantasy, also the revenue stream for you. Yeah. And it's like we well, realistically, how much do we do? Like there the money is a real number and there is a yeah. limit to those finances. Yeah. And like you can't tell someone and like, value. Oh, just like figure it out. I don't want to yeah. spend yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah, especially when like you already bought like, like, yeah, 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 like money, but yeah, yeah, one yeah. point. Yeah, if someone was like, "Well, this is what it'll cost." Do you do you care enough to spend all of your hard-earned money on that? Like at some point, a remodeled kitchen or a remodeled bath does lose its value for you because yeah. you're like, yeah. "That's a new car," or "That's a college education." Like, yeah, for two, <laughs> that money does have a trade-off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think like with how house prices here, like you usually do get it back, but then when when people start seeing like interest rates go up and house prices are stabilizing. And then they're like, well, how much more money am I going to put into this place? So yeah, you kind of have to work around it. It's our, I mean, because of our billing model, like we do, like if someone says, I want you to design all of this, we're like, we can design everything. But, you know, if you don't, if you don't execute it, that's totally fine. You know, our revenue comes from the design phase. If they decide not to implement, you know, three of the five spaces we designed, it doesn't, it doesn't really. You've already been paid. Yeah. And I always tell them like, you know, you could implement these later. Or you have the design, the drawings, all the material selections, like everything's ready to go. But yeah, I feel like it's heartbreaking for people. To be fair, they always end up doing all of it. I feel like they just dig deep. And just they figure, they figure yeah. it out. They're like, I can't live without yeah, this Yeah, what's now. the um, option? You're already going to get permits and drawings and contractors are on the hook. And then you want to you want to shave off like two rooms. Like good luck yeah. finding the contractor for that later. So I feel like. I know. We're, we almost strong arm our clients when we have to, but it's it's not just us. It's like there's a whole lot of factors. So I don't yeah. want to be like we have hostages here, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, you kind of have to coach them do. through it, which is tough. Actually, Sean, you said something on the podcast recently when we, you were talking about billing, which I just recently changed my thing because you do, you have pre construction in hourly and not as part of your like design fees. Did you say yes. that towards you, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's something yep. that we've just done because lately, because of these bids, like we end up doing like five contractor walkthroughs and like reviewing bids and popping them off the ledge. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wait, how this isn't design? Why is this in my design themes? Like this is, yeah. or or like the um like conceptual, but what if we cut this? Yeah. What then? What happens? Meeting where you're just like. Are we redesigning the kitchen or am I just giving you scenarios? And that, yeah, it's sort of like consultative time again, where I'm like, I'm yeah. happy to pipe in on this, but I do have to keep getting paid for this if we're going to yeah. do what if planning. And we've already started like a permit set with an architect. Like, I mean, we're still spending money. We're still using time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I thought that that gotta, was really smart. I got to come back to it. It's kind of. I feel like the flat fee design works for anything within your control, but like someone's uh-huh. desire to have 17 bids is not in your control. Like you could say like, we'll do two contractor walkthroughs oh at God, that point, no. just like, pull, you know, pull it out of that. You can, yeah, the flat fee has to be for things in your control and like we can control how long it takes yeah. us to design. And if it takes us too long, it's kind of on us, but like, you know, that kind of thing. The last one was a doozy. And I'm like, oh, when I heard you say that, I'm like, of course, that's what we need to pull that out. That like, can't I mean, be it took me it. a while to get there, too. <laughs> in fairness, like it yeah. was the why am I still what are we talking about still? And we keep going round yeah. and around on this plan. And I'm 
in one sense, you're like, well, I'm happy to have the work. And then meanwhile, you're frustrated by it. So the only way for me to get rid of the frustration was like, I just have to charge. And I've talked to other designers who also charge more for those like, let's go back conversations. So instead Uh, of charging them up front, they actually say like my bill. Yeah, my billable rate is one and a quarter times or one and a half times if we're revising this stuff later. Wow. Yeah. And they put like, you'll get three three bids. And if you want me to collect more bids, I'm time and a half. Like I'm over time now. Yeah. And I'm annoyed. Now I'm now I'm annoyed. And now you you as the client have to decide, is this really worth it for you? Like you're going to toss time and a half at me or you're just going to look at those three bids and be good with one of them. Like there is. And I think part of that is that if I make it feel kind of punitive, People won't push that boundary unless they really want to. Like they really yeah. got to feel like there's a better bid out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like well, when we not, used to bill hourly, it's like that when people ask you for like another option that's less expensive and you're like, you realize you're paying me hourly to find you another option that's less expensive. Yeah. We were just talking about that. Like, you will it, buy, it, yeah. It, like you could buy two of these by the time I'm done yeah. resourcing <laughs> it for you. Yeah. You're like, like it's going to take me just so much hours of that. to find you another one. <laughs> And so like some of it, so much of that is just like specific people's personality types. And like, yeah, I had one client, she described herself as someone who likes to chase the rabbit. Like she has to go up and down and around and back. And again, like she has, that's like her decision making process, but it's unhealthy. It's (laughs) annoying. That sounds like my number one Like just, yeah, just let yourself like trust this process and be okay with the first thing. Like it's okay. Like you like get screwed or yeah I always try to tell people, totally i always try to tell clients like i'm only showing you this one because i've looked at all the other ones like if you really want me and to I've dig back and find you other years yeah and it's yeah when they're like well yeah. we see two to three more options i'm like you can but like it you know it has to work with all these other elements and yeah we have a client like that and then it comes back around and they're like okay let's just go with the original and then we have the conversation like trust will help us a lot in this situation. Like just trust that we've already taken into account all the information you gave us, all of the inspiration images. We've looked at all the different things with different price points. We've seen how they work with what we've already designed. And like we've landed on this one thing. Well, you sure. should and it's be the best. Grateful and you only you didn't one. have to go through that process. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's why you paid us. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we, I mean, when I first started, I feel like I used to give people like three room designs per room because <laughs> I'm like, which no, one do you want? And now it's like, oh, we just present one thing. It's like, we've distilled everything down to this. And like, if you want one and you probably more have an option. alternative if they really hate the wallpaper. Yeah. You're like, I've got another one already that I'm already imagining that I've been wanting yeah. to use. Here you go. Like, yeah, I just think ready. like, I think the reason people pay us is to like, to not have to make the decisions. Like we've already uh-huh. taken that yes. part of it out for you, ideally. Definitely, ideally. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still looking for ways to screen that person out. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's if hard you find it, see. we'll let you know. Yeah. yeah, I will sign up for that like newsletter extra. Yeah. <laughs> is, this a, is this a sellable <laughs> survey that we can just send yeah. people to, yeah. and it's a psychological yeah. assessment do of whether like they'll do that chase to us? The rabbit. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Um, Katie, this has been really amazing. And thank you for being so forthwith with all of the information about your journey and where your company has been. 
Um, and what's next for Katie Monkhouse Interiors and West Park Home. Can you share with our listeners more about where you would want them to follow along and keep up with you? Uh, sure. We have um, our Instagram is just at Katie Monkhouse Interiors and then shop West Park Home, like our West Park uh, website and Instagram or shop West Park Home. So you can find us there. We do offer trade discount if anybody's interested. I mean, a lot of our stuff, unfortunately, well, fortunately, is locally made and local artists. And we don't necessarily offer the discount on that. But we've already done the sourcing and distilled it down to really beautiful pieces. So maybe that is worth it. And I won't tell the your curation's client. curation's already you, done for yeah. you. Yeah. I won't tell your client if you want to mark it up. That's fine with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you're local here, like we do um, custom furniture with our furniture maker, if that's something you have a resource for, we can partner with people. So, yeah. They just got to come on down to beautiful San Anselmo, California. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got to right come out. Main street. I got to come out. I'm not very far. Yeah, you are. Yeah, very Rebecca, far. you're closer than I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. I know, but you guys can. I'll make you a guys have like a meetup in the middle here. I guess we're not really in the middle, Sean. But I, know. I said for I'm I already floated to Rebecca a Bay Area meetup just because Get we her. have friends of the podcast and and former and hottie listeners and we have if they're already there. And there's like 10,000 designers find the right place per capita to go meet in the Bay Area. <laughs> Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like the highest, the highest way, the like the fastest way to get to our common denominator. Yeah. Come on over. Let's do it. I'm down. Bay- I'll host you here. And, and hotties, nice if you're listening and you're like, Bay Area meetup, yeah, we'll put you on the list. <laughs> like, get in the DMs. Like, <laughs> when, we, when we get it organized, put your, we'll put yeah. you on the list. 2024 guys it's definitely gonna happen <laughs> actually we're also we're also okay, like, 2023, <laughs> <is fine. laughs> 2023 might work because yeah, it's so I, know, early. I think january january 2023 there's going to be a lot of communication yeah i'm feeling good people are going to come out ready to yeah ready to choices. ready to go yeah. let's yeah. hit it thank, thank you <laughs> thank so you much so, for being on the show so much katie thanks for having me guys <laughs> so until next time, stay hot designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 